Hi, everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome back to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Joining us for the conversation once again, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Senior Governmental Affairs Advisor with Governmental Affairs U.S. here at UBS. Shane is joining us for what is our final episode of the Washington Weekly Podcast for 2023. So, Shane, it's hard to believe we've made it to year end, though. Thank you, of course, up front for for all of your contributions to the podcast throughout the course of 2023. And thank you for once again joining us here today. Oh, thank you for having me, Dan. And it's hard to believe the year's wrapping up, but uh, what a adventurous year it's been. And uh, thanks for having me as always. Absolutely. So before we close out the year, Shay, maybe a few topics we can hit on here for our listeners, our clients, beginning with a topic. We actually covered this on last week's podcast. So we have seen reports that Congress and the Biden administration, they're considering notable changes to U.S. immigration policy. This in order to unlock from Congress aid for both Ukraine and Israel. So can you bring us up to speed as far as what's being discussed and how this might progress from here? Yeah, no, absolutely. This is um, a demand from Republicans to uh, secure supplemental funding for Ukraine, uh, about $60 billion there, uh, money for Israel, um, and some for Taiwan as well. So, you know, altogether, it's about a $110 billion package. Um, you know, Republicans are generally okay with uh, uh, spending for Israel and and Taiwan, you know, maybe they, they would prefer to see some of that spending offset, but they feel good about uh, funding uh, uh, Israel and Taiwan. You're seeing more and more Republicans grow concerned about um, how much money is going towards Ukraine, how it's being spent. You know, they don't feel like there is a plan in place for victory. So they're starting to scratch their heads and saying, you know, are we just throwing uh, you know, away good money in a sense. Um, you know, there are other Republicans who don't want to spend any more money in Ukraine. So there, there are kind of shades of gray here, we'll say. But I think at the end of the day, for Republicans to, to, to sign off on this funding for Ukraine, they need, uh, in response is some tougher, uh, border policies. Um, you know, they constantly hear when they go back to uh, their districts and talk with their constituents, you know, why are we uh, defending the borders of Ukraine but not defending our own borders? And that really has resonated with them. So they are pushing hard to include reforms uh, in this package. And the Biden administration, you know, has to some degree been a no on this, but some degree understood you know, that this is the price of business in Washington, D.C., and has been providing what they call technical assistance, which is, you know, kind of having um, lawyers and people who understand the operations of Homeland Security, you know, sit down with Republican lawmakers and start to think out some of these issue areas and how to, um, you know, potentially draft the law. You're seeing Democrat senators, you know, while they're not enamored with this, some of them recognize um, the current uh, problems with our immigration uh, system and, you know, feel that something can be done here. So they're starting to circle the wagons on some things. 
that I think may uh, come into fruition. You know, um, this is still kind of negotiations are ongoing, so there's nothing rock solid. But I think the primary focus now from Republicans is um, effectively reviving the Trump era Title 42 order um, and allow officials to pause U.S. asylum unless there's a, a public health justification. Uh, the administration would all, is also looking to back a uh, expansion of the processes known as expedited removal that allows immigration officials to deport migrants without court hearings if they don't ask for asylum or if they fail their initial asylum interviews. Um, so those are kind of the main two components. But, you know, they're also looking, you know, maybe to add some uh, funding for Border Patrol agents and some other things that, you know, I think would get Republicans across the finish line. This is a very um, tough balancing act for uh, President Biden and Democrats. You know, they can only go so far um, before they start losing, you know, m- members and support on their own uh, left side of their caucus. So this is going to be uh, um, um, an interesting negotiation that is really um, heating up. Um, so I think, you know, by the time we talk again in 2024, this will probably either have uh, materialized or all fallen apart. Yeah, I think I mentioned last week, it sounds like this can go in a variety of ways. So it will be interesting to see how it takes shape. And to your point, definitely a topic we'll revisit in the new year. I do want to highlight as well how this week we did see the U.S. announce sweeping sanctions targeting Russia. This over the ongoing war with Ukraine and these sanctions, they extend into several other countries, including China, worth noting. So what are the sanctions exactly aimed at? chain and how might this evolve from here yeah no you're you're right um the treasury department uh, earlier this week uh, announced a strong round of new sanctions that targets hundreds of people and entities um and to your point you know some of those uh include uh china turkey and the uae the united arab emirates so you know um this is important and you know the U.S.'s uh, support for Ukraine. I think what you're seeing is Washington um, in their latest action attempting to crack down on Russia and its invasion of sanctions imposed by the U.S. and its allies. You know, so they're, they're trying to continually fine-tune what has already been done to make sure that they're not missing anything and, and uh, people aren't evading sanctions to provide uh, and circumvent um, these sanctions to to uh, export military-related materials to um, Russia. And, you know, I think as uh, President uh, Zelensky of Ukraine came through uh, the United States, um, you know, this was well-received, but he is growing frustrated with um, the United States. And while he deeply appreciates the U.S.'s support, you know, um, the kind of uh, fact that we've been talking about supplemental funding for Ukraine for um, not just weeks, but months now, you know, I think he is uh, uh, really trying to uh, sound the alarm buttons that these issues are not just, you know, important, they're urgent to Ukraine survival. So, um, you know, the State Department uh, is targeting Chinese entities, as, as we talked about, and, you know, this could help 
really uh, delay and and stall Russia's efforts in Ukraine as they are in severe need of military uh, equipment. Well, it's interesting to see how this is unfolding. And thank you, Shane, for bringing us up to speed. It sounds like this carries with it a lot of implications. So another one that we'll keep track of. I do want to hit on before we wrap up, Shane, in the spirit of year ahead. Of course, a very eventful 2023 on many fronts. Though, as we look ahead into the new year, what will you be monitoring in the year ahead from a policy and legislative perspective? Well, you know, of uh, course, the things we just talked about, you know, um, uh, um, the supplemental package, um, it may bleed into next year. So that would be a very immediate issue in January. Um, second, you know, the government funding bills that we have talked about over the years, uh, there is a January 19th and February 2nd deadline. So if no action is taken, we could see partial or full government shutdowns. Um and the government funding issue will be a continued issue, I think, throughout the year, you know, um, uh, and a storyline that we'll, we'll once again be talking about. Um, and and I think it's a little bit better than where we were, you know, a couple months ago, but it's still a storyline that could have a real impact. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, noise, especially as, the election starts to pick up. You know, we're uh, about a month away from the Iowa caucus right now, and that really is the big kickoff to the season. So you're going to hear a lot of talk about issues that won't actually, you know, um, uh, be enacted into law, but it'll be a good uh, sounding board for, you know, uh, us voters to figure out who we support and what, what issues they're going to do. But, you know, I, I think over the course of next year, there's going to be a lot of chatter about artificial intelligence, AI, and how to move uh, forward on issues like that. And not only that, but how it, it, it um, enters so many different policy areas, you know, everything from defense to uh, financial services, etc. So that's a big one. Um, there's potential for a limited tax bill in early next year that um, has a variety of uh, business uh, tax incentives that are important to sectors like uh, defense, pharmaceuticals, and tech, and could be meaningful to their bottom line and, you know, their employment base. Um, you know, I, I also think it's important to, to highlight, you know, um, issues like healthcare. I think there'll be a lot of talk about healthcare, but, you know, probably not much movement. Uh, defense will obviously be on display again to, to some form. You know, just uh, right now, uh, the House and Senate are wrapping up their defense authorization that will go to the president's desk. But, you know, as soon as we turn the, the, the calendar, um, you know, those debates pick up yet again. So it's going to be a busy 2024, but I also think it's going to be a lot of noise that, you know, us from the market perspective can you know, uh, ignore, but there are going to absolutely be things that we do need to pay attention to, not only from the market perspective, but from the perspective of 
uh, as as we are voters and, and concerned about the, the future and direction of our country. Absolutely. There is a lot there. Of course, we do have the election coming up next year as well. So plenty to keep our listeners informed on here on the podcast and the year ahead, though. Shane, do want to, again, thank you for all of your time and contributions to our listeners and clients, all of the great work that you and your team at the Governmental Affairs U.S. office do to keep us all informed on these pressing policy topics and do, of course, look forward to continuing the conversation in the year ahead, though in the meantime, do wish you a happy, healthy holiday season and a happy new year. Thank you, Dan, and to you as well. Safe and happy holidays. Hope you enjoy some time uh, with uh, loved ones, and I look forward to catching up with you in 2024. Likewise. Thank you, Shane. Again, today we have been speaking with Shane Lieberman, Senior Governmental Affairs Advisor with Governmental Affairs U.S. here at UBS. And before we close out, I do want to highlight, as always, the Washington Weekly publication. You can locate the latest version available up on UBS.com slash Washington Weekly. Again, that's UBS.com slash Washington Weekly. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreement and disclosures that we provide to you about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at UBS.com forward slash Relationship Summary or ask your UBS Financial Advisor for a copy. 